Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. The title for the show today, ladies and gentlemen, is Big Fanny Gets Spanked Hard by Judge, Pounded in Court After Shafting Georgia Taxpayers. This is big. And this is Free For All Friday! January 26, 2024, Judge forces Fannie Willis and her lover boy to testify over alleged affair and financial ties as letters from the White House are exposed. 25 Republican governors band together to join Texas in fighting the fascistic Biden regime. And Charlie Spearing joins the show with a brand new book exposing the dysfunctional Biden White House. I'm sure I'll have a lot to say on this topic. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. Ladies and gentlemen, we have uh, a uh, cover image that includes uh, only fannies. And this is something that we thought we'd, ne- we'd we never thought we'd, we'd put this up on a, on a cover image. Uh, we never thought that we'd create a cover image like this, but here we are. And we just want to say thank you for making this possible. There are some things that Fannie Willis is trying to keep from you, some things that Fannie Willis would certainly like to be kept secret. She doesn't want these details out, and that is why we're going to do an entire show on Big Fanny. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have secrets that you don't want the devices and all of the apps and all the creepy little things that are listening to you at all times to hear on your cell phone, then please use Silent. Silent is the portable Faraday sleeve that my phone travels in. It keeps my phone from connecting to other devices when I'm traveling or at my bedside. It keeps my phone from engaging in other wireless messing arounds. That happens all the time. You ever been in an airport and your phone like heats up and suddenly shuts off? Yeah, that's never a good thing. Keep your security and your privacy to yourself. Fanny Willis. <laughs> Good to learn a lesson about that. Go to silent.com, S-L-N-T.com today. Use the code Benny at checkout and save 15% on free shipping on all of your orders. Silent.com. Klaus Schwab and big corporate interests would love to get all of your data and scrape all of your personal information. Don't let them do it. Go to silent, S-L-N-T.com today. 15% off shipping on qualified orders. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. <laughs> we got the big one for you here. Fanny Willis got absolutely destroyed yesterday in court. Now, we previewed this on the show yesterday. Fanny Willis and Nathan Wade are now subpoenaed for their alleged affairs and financial ties. Look at that photo. Oh, baby. They are not having a good time tonight. Well, I mean, you know, Nathan Wade's having a great time tonight. He's billing the taxpayers for his work overnight. Remember, that's literally what he did. He billed the taxpayers for 24 hours of work. He is the foremost gigolo of the Donald Trump prosecution in Fulton County, Georgia. But Fulton County, Georgia is now revolting against Fannie Willis's 
revolting and immoral behavior. Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade, the special prosecutor and alleged paramour hired by Willis in her criminal case against Donald Trump, are among those who are expected to be subpoenaed after allegations that the two have carried on an affair and have been using the taxpayer kitty as their own personal piggy bank to go romping around the country, ladies and gentlemen. Willis is also expected to be subpoenaed directly and may have to testify in her own RICO case. Are you a fan of the Old Testament? I certainly am. We always do a Bible verse at the end of the show, and we love to show you that the vengeance is the Lord's, right? What do we always say? Vengeance is the Lord. Justice, well, ladies and gentlemen, we shall let it rain down in God's timing on those who are wicked. And it's so hilarious when I have it. I mean, there is a great sense of irony and hilarity to the fact that Fannie Willis is now going to be caught up in her own RICO case. <laughs> this is just too good. Fannie Willis. Well, she was riding the bench yesterday in the courthouse. The Fulton County judge overseeing Willis's election interference case against Trump called for a February 15th hearing just a couple of weeks from now, two weeks to be precise, to address the allegations that she is engaged in an improper romantic relationship and mishandling public money. The attorney told CNN, I think the real issue here is not this relationship. I think it's more about the impropriety of having him sit on a team and having him present in this grand jury and conflicts of interest with the appearance of impropriety. The judge has also dismissed Fannie Willis from other election cases. So this is not a happy judge. This is not a good thing to be happening to Fannie. Oh, baby, this is pretty delicious here. <laughs> this is getting very, very juicy for Big Fanny. Uh, here's the update from the court case yesterday. All these proceedings happened after we were live yesterday, and we promised to give you the update. Here we go. Martha, the hearing today was about meetings, meetings between Biden administration officials and the district attorney's office here. The DA's office here says these were simply standard logistical meetings. But defense attorneys say it was very different than that. They claim that these were attempts by the Biden administration to control and manage the prosecution of former President Trump. The White House has its fingerprints on all four criminal prosecutions of President Trump. And now we know they have their fingerprints on this case. As you mentioned, Trump's attorneys have now joined the legal challenge to remove the DA, Fannie Willis, from this case. They also claim that Willis has injected racial bias into the case. We are likely to see Fannie Willis herself on the stand under oath at a hearing set by the judge February 15th, where she may have to answer questions about her relationship with her chief prosecutor. Oh, man, this is getting so unbelievably delicious, okay? Oh, man. Oh, man. Fannie Willis is going to have, and Nathan Wade, they're going to have to get a room. And by the, by room, I mean box. And by box, I mean the box where they're going to be forced to testify about their relationship under oath. Now, Nathan Wade, lover boy, is already getting divorced, okay? He's getting his ass kicked to the curb because he couldn't resist himself some big Fanny. And it gets worse. Let's read from the article. 
Wade, lover boy, allegedly made $650,000 on the case so far, which includes a $6,000 payment, which was billed for Willis's 24 hours of work in a single day. In an unrelated case, <laughs> billing overnight, you know what I mean? Wade was also held in contempt of court last year. Oh, really? So, so wait a second. So Fannie Willis and Loverboy, Big Fannie and Loverboy, have both been effectively smacked down, spanked by this same court. In addition to allegedly paying Wade the maximum hourly rate, despite his lack of experience in felony cases, Willis reportedly gave significant contracts to Wade's partner, raising concerns of her prosecution of Trump deeply rooted in conflict of interest. Neither Wade nor Willis have specifically addressed the veracity of the allegations. Willis is accusing Wade of estranged wife of trying to obstruct her election interference case. She's going after his wife. She told a church that the allegations against her are based on racism by another black woman. Oh, really? You destroyed my marriage with your big fanny. This woman is saying, okay, lover boy's wife is saying you wrecked my marriage. You're a home wrecker. Your big fanny wrecked my home. That's what she's saying. And fanny's response to that is you're racist. <laughs> you black woman, you're racist against me, a black woman. Yeah, got it. Okay, <laughs> Willis's relationship with Wade is not only the only subject of scrutiny, Willis, get a load of this, secretly colluded with Nancy Pelosi on the January 6th committee, obtained tips that would help her prosecute Donald Trump, and she tried to keep out it out of court and public view by a procedural trick. Recently, reports revealed that the committee destroyed its records before Republicans took control of the House. Willis's actions at the time have undercut her argument that the prosecution is not political. She also met with the Biden White House and received multiple letters from Joe Biden. Uh-oh. Oh, no. What do those letters mean? Well, I'm not sure. What will those letters reveal? What was Joe Biden writing her about? We don't know. But hot damn, people certainly want to find out. Fulton County had an open mic for its residents to come in and let Big Fanny uh, know what they think about her. Ladies and gentlemen, it really wasn't great for Big Fanny. Uh, people were able to absolutely let loose and spank that Fanny in public. Uh-oh. Check this out. It's over. Well, I want to let you know that Derek Blasting, I'm done with Fulton County fumbling our elections. I'm done with the gross mismanagement of our taxpayer dollars by the Fulton County Democrats on this body. I'm disgusted at the information that is coming out of the district attorney's office as a taxpayer. I am done with most of your silence at the DA's apparent love affair with the special prosecutor and gross mismanagement of taxpayers' dollars to pursue what appears to be a frivolous lawsuit based off of partisan politics. Apparently, guys like me need to court Fulton County female executives if we want a free ride at all paid expense. Apparently, we need to pursue Natalie Hall and Fonnie Willis or maybe the executives in other departments if we want a full ride and full pay. 
The DA appears to be trying to protect past elections, but upon information and belief, she's trying to interfere with future elections by trying to convict a candidate before the general election. I'm requesting a financial audit to be done by the county auditor of the district attorney's office immediately. Apparently, I need to be in a romantic relationship with Big Fanny, this guy says. This guy's a total hero. Can he run for Big Fanny's Like, he should run. You run, dude. Let me know. Where can I send the check? You run. Fulton County turning into MAGA country, ladies and gentlemen. Because people are getting sick of this. And because shows like ours are covering it and are making a laughingstock of them. They are made a laughingstock of themselves, obviously. But it's important to actually apply pressure to a situation like this and to ridicule. It's the thing they actually can't stand. They can't stand it. They can't stand being made fun of, right? It's why our cover image has Fanny Willis in an orange jumpsuit with uh, only fannies on it, and 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 Lover Boy. I guess yeah, I guess he's a, I guess he's asleep. <laughs> and Donald Trump as a 1920s beat cop from the Bronx. <laughs> Gosh, ah, oh, we love you. It's good to humiliate and ridicule these people. There's an impressionist, I guess, uh, uh, like a, a white lady who wore a wig and had like a foot long Nathan's hot dog that she flopped around in the <laughs> public hearing. This is good. It's hysterical. It's good. Like there's something, there's a reason why uh, King George, one of the first one of the first clampdowns of free speech in the colonies was King George stopped political cartoons being made about him. He didn't like the pamphlets, the cartoons that were drawn about. These were the original memes. This is why we meme these people until they cry. And then we meme them crying. And then we drink. They're salty tears. They flow and they fill our cups up. And our cups, they're overflowing with the tears of these people because ridicule works. But uh, not even I can get to this level. My name is fat ass, sassin crass, no class. Fulton County. I'm incognito today, y'all, because the white folks is after me. I got a little bit of a PR problem. Natalie, you might be able to help me with. I could use the name of your PR firm. You know, the one that got you on the top 100 list. That's the kind of PR I'm looking for. You know, I, I know you'll understand that nothing and nobody comes between me and my Nathan's hot dog. Yeah, come on up in here now, my dark and lovely lunch. Oh, yeah, there you come on. Yes, my PR firm, all they tell me to do is take me to church. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's like, all right. Okay. Okay. Like, all right. Should we have played the whole thing? She starts flopping it all around and starts screaming, "Take me to church!" <laughs> oh, Fanny Willis went to church. Uh oh. Fanny Willis went to church and decided to try and claim to be the victim, but in doing so. She may have actually kicked herself off the court. Now, this is very interesting. One of our favorite lawyers on X had this to say, Technofog. Latest Trump filing in the Georgia RICO case makes a great point. Fannie Willis violated Georgia ethics rules by publicly accusing the defendants of racism as they noted her affair with special prosecutor. 
This is stoking racial division and it requires dismissal on Georgia law. We've played you this clip before where Big Fanny sits around desecrating the uh, altar of the Christian church in order to claim that somehow um, cheating with a married man is something that Jesus wants you to do. I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's not my job to judge. I mean, it's not my judge to judge, okay? Like I'm a simple Christian. I've got to put my head down. I've got to work on myself, okay? I'm I'm the problem, right? I got, I got my own problems, okay? <laughs> not here to judge any other people. But this does cross the boundaries into like what I do professionally, okay? And you just shouldn't like claim that that's the thing that's good because it's clearly not. You ever read the Bible? That's like not a really a good thing to do. When you're like breaking up a marriage and cheating a guy's marriage. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Spouse going like using using witches to like get your political results that you want and then claiming that you're doing it all for your faith. Dude, like, no. Okay, no. All right. Bad news. And it may get her in trouble. I mean, again, it is so funny to see how this stuff is creating such a backlash for them. The collapse is real. And it's happening at such a structural level that they, they don't know how to manage it. Now it's going to be like the controlled demolition thing, right? They know they've gone too far. They have the letters from the Biden White House. Check out this article. Biden White House sent two letters to Fannie Willis's office. Fulton County lawyer confirms. Uh-oh, what was the Biden White House writing Fannie Willis about? Thursday's hearing focused on Trump Justice Department official Jeffrey Clark's motion to force the Fulton County DA to turn over any evidence showing meetings with the U.S. government, including the White House counsel's office, if they prove that this was something that was centrally organized by the Biden White House, then you're going to have a much bigger problem on your hands, especially since we're going to take the White House back in 2024. You're going to have your own RICO case, including Joe Biden's White House counsel. Check this out. Fulton County prosecutor Fannie Wills' romantic partner met with Biden White House twice before charging Trump. Why would a slip and fall ambulance chaser, lawyer, low IQ lawyer, the guy who has like his face on the uh, bus stops that all the bums piss on overnight? Why would a guy like that be prosecuting Donald Trump? Well, we're not exactly sure. Unless of course, unless of course, it has something to do with Big Fanny get in the wood. And what I mean by that is the wood of the, obviously the bench inside the court. That was not a pun. I assure you. I've called upon my team, by the way, to send me, to send me puns. Yet they have really not, they've really not, I'm looking at Danny here, Danny D'Urbina, who's really one of the funniest guys I've ever met. I'm looking at like, I want better puns. Here's what I got so far. Fanny wades into lover boy. Now, Fanny treads water while Loverboy wades sinks. Loverboy wanted a Fanny snack. Fanny snacks. 
Guys, guys, you got, okay, I, I, guys, get into the writing room. I want better puns by the end of this live, okay? I want better puns. Let's go. Okay. Fanny Willies. I'm a father of three, and not even I appreciate that dad joke. <laughs> Fulton residents don't appreciate Big Fanny. Fulton residents are in full revolt. By the way, in case you're wondering about the things that really scare them, public ridicule is really bad. That's why it's that lady with the hot dogs and hilarious. Public ridicule is bad. Becoming a meme is really bad. When the people inside of your dark blue county, when the Democrat voters inside your dark blue county begin to revolt against you, then it actually creates like this existential crisis to your existence. Like, check this out. Tirelessly to keep the right, uh, that right, transparent, open and available to all. She is a deserving candidate. On another subject, uh, the Fulton DA's office under Fannie Willis hired a special prosecutor, Nathan, Nathan Wade, who had never prosecuted a felony case. Fulton County has apparently paid this special prosecutor over $600,000. It's now been exposed through divorce proceedings that DA Willis and special prosecutor Wade took romantic tra uh, trips together. It has also come to light that Special uh, Prosecutor Wade billed the county for a 24 hours in a single day. I guess his outstanding stamina was a prerequisite for his position. Fulton, Com Fulton County Commissioners never did approve the hiring but paid him anyway. His billable hours also exposed several eight-hour meet eight meetings with the White House Special Counsel. Seems to me that the actual collusion is between Fannie Willis, is between the Fulton DA and the White House Counsel. Is this county business? I am requesting that this board uh, perform, a, uh, perform a full audit 15 of seconds. Fannie's entire budget. Our tremendous back. Okay. Okay. So, like, probably one, like two out of 10 for delivery there, sir, but 10 out of 10 for you getting the facts straight. These are like your typical voting residents, like the people that actually care and pay attention. And Fanny, Big Fanny has been exposed for all. Big Fanny is being charged past midnight for the work that Loverboy is doing on her big case. Watch. Fanny Willis's Loverboy, Nathan Wade, might be the hardest working lawyer in America. Nathan allegedly billed taxpayers for 24 hours of work on the Trump Georgia case in a single day. That means Nathan was working all day and all night on Fanny's case. What would Loverboy be working on past midnight? He wouldn't be billing Fanny. No, he couldn't be. I'm sure he was just burning the midnight oil at the office. Loverboy's billed nearly 700 grand. Is he making more than the lawyers who aren't sleeping with Fanny? Is he making more because he's more qualified than they are? Or is the lover just working harder? <laughs> Robbie, Danny, I'm talking to you right now live. These are two producers on my show. I want puns. I want puns right now. Jesse Waters is beating me in the pun game, and that can't happen. We're going to go in, ladies and gentlemen, just like Loverboy and Fanny. And, well... Fanny does have a couple of questions to answer about Loverboy. In the, it, like generally on its surface is goes like this. Um, 
would you hire like a podiatrist to do your heart transplant? No, you wouldn't. They may still, they may both be doctors, but they're very, very different bodies of your body. Okay. So why would you hire a guy whose only experience has been name changes and small claims court for petty criminals to go and deliver on the biggest case potentially in American legal history. Don't make no sense, actually. If you were interviewing lawyers to go after Donald Trump in a landmark case that'll be talked about for the next hundred years in American politics, then you'd assume that you'd hire somebody that actually has a pedigree in criminal law, not a guy whose biggest case to date was chasing an ambulance? For real, for real, watch. God, wasn't it them that attacked this lawyer of impeccable credentials? Is it that some will never see a black man as qualified, no matter his achievements? What more can one achieve? Well, the race card isn't gonna get you out of this one, Fanny. We found Loverboy's resume. Impeccable? Not a word I'd use to describe Nathan Wade's credentials. Some of his highest profile cases involve car accidents. Loverboy represented a lady who was rear-ended by a beer truck. He tried getting her 300 grand for emotional and physical damages, but the case was dismissed. Loverboy's a piranha in small claims court. He represented an electronics store who claimed the customer owed him 11 grand for some speakers. Wade won that one. And his biggest court victory of all time, Nathan Wade helped two people get their names changed. The Lord shall humble the powerful. And it's going to be hilarious. It's actually really funny when this kind of stuff happens, right? Uh, kings of the Old Testament were turned into animals, literally, and made to get down on all fours and go eat grass for a year. Thing that actually happened. Which king was this, Royce? I'm not sure exactly. Either Saul or Nebuchadnezzar. I'm not exactly sure. I think King Saul. What greater humbling would it be than for Donald Trump to win this case? Than for Big Fanny to get caught up in her own RICO case, get disbarred, and potentially go to jail? How hysterical would this be? Nebuchadnezzar, Alex tells us. Okay, Nebuchadnezzar. Look it up. It's wild. The king was struck down by God, and he just turned into an animal and had to go eat grass for a year on his, on his hands and knees. The political equivalent of eating grass and getting down on your hands and knees is locking up Donald Trump, right? They get they get like a mugshot of Donald Trump. There it is hanging in the studio. It's like four foot tall. We had it printed out. It's like massive. The political equivalent of that is like getting everything you could ever want in politics. Careful what you wish for. You just might get it. Oh, the left got a Trump mugshot. Oh, we got him now. <laughs> and then what happened? Well, Donald Trump left the courthouse after the mugshot. And what did people do in Fulton County? You wonder why the entire county's turning on Big Fanny. This is why. When Donald Trump was let out of jail after the mugshot, the people 
left their homes to cheer on Donald Trump. These people, which one are you in though? They screamed, free Trump from the street. This is Fulton County. Hear that? Free Trump. Listen to that. Watch. Look. The media does not want you to see this. Corporate press would never play this video. Free Trump. There it is again. Talking about they got everybody. Free my N-word Trump is what that person just said. Look at that. The backlash is going to be so tasty, ladies and gentlemen. And now we are seeing the evidence come crashing down. Fannie Willis was at the White House less than a week after the Georgia grand jury released their report recommending charges against Donald Trump. What a coincidence, ladies and gentlemen. We have the record of Fannie Willis visiting the White House because, well, you know, my son ain't, uh, what's the, what's the sign, George Costanza, what's the George Costanza quote? My son ain't bright enough to pull off a heist like this. Frank Costanza talking about George Costanza on Seinfeld. My, uh, my kid ain't bright enough to do this. Fannie Willis needed to get her marching orders from the White House Council. This has all been centrally organized. My George ain't clever enough to hatch a scheme like this, says Frank Costanza. We just load that clip. We just load that clip. They need, they need it all to be centrally organized. They actually are not intelligent. They're so dumb, they're leaving their fat fingerprints all over everything, including but not limited to, including with Joe Biden and including with Nancy Pelosi's January 6th committee. It's all going to come back and bite them right in the ass. Big Fanny. Check this out. And when Fanny wasn't getting sexual kickbacks and colluding with Biden's White House, she had Adam Schiff on speed dial. Fannie was working with Adam Schiff in the January 6th case to build the Georgia prosecution. You remember the January 6th committee that banned Republicans from joining and then destroyed all the evidence they collected? It's almost as if Biden's running the Trump prosecutions from the White House. That's exactly what's happening. And it is going to really, really punish them when we get back into the White House in 2024 And we start launching investigations and revealing what's actually happening here. Mark my words. Pin this video. Save it right now. This is the Russia collusion hoax 2.0. When they had concocted something, when they had already built, they they were building Russia collusion before Donald Trump ever got into office. Obviously, this was something that was hatched months before Donald Trump won won the election as a plan to try and take out Trump. Those are the words of the FBI. Peter Strzok, take out Trump. Lisa Page. This is the, the new version of that. It's a like somehow remarkably dumber version of that. And the way that that was exposed and the corruption of that was laid bare for all to see and a bunch of people lost their jobs. People should have gone to jail, but unfortunately, no. Ladies and gentlemen, same thing's going to happen here. Mark my words. One of our favorites and guests of the show and frequent friend of the show is Marjorie Taylor Greene, and she is already saying there's going to be criminal investigations into what's going on here. Watch. 
and our Georgia Attorney General Chris Carr, where I am asking for them to investigate for criminal investigations into Fonnie Willis and her boyfriend, Nathan Wade. I can tell you right now, I'm a lifelong Georgian, and we are sick and tired and fed up with Fannie Willis using her Fulton County position and Fulton County tax dollars not to prosecute real criminals, but to go after Joe Biden's top political opponent, which is President Trump and other co-defendants in their entire effort to claim that we shouldn't care about elections when absolutely elections are one of the most important things we have in this country. And so I'm recognizing recommending criminal referral to Governor Kemp and Chris Carr against Fannie Willis and her boyfriend. She's taking Fulton County taxpayer dollars and she's paying her boyfriend nearly $700,000 while he takes her on lavish vacations, not only in this country, but internationally as well. You talk about pay to play. And then he is invoicing her office, which is the Fulton County taxpayers, saying that he somehow worked 24 hours in one day. I'm sorry, that is corruption and that is an absolute lie. Not only that, he was sent up and he met with the Biden White House yeah. as he is yeah. planning to prosecute yeah. President Trump. We know exactly what this is. I'm calling on Governor Kemp and our Attorney General Chris Carr, investigate and prosecute Fannie Willis and end this witch hunt immediately. It's outrageous. So why are they doing it, ladies and gentlemen? Well, here we go. Trump leads Biden by six points, a new nationwide poll, huge surge for the ex-president. Massive. Look at that. They're in panic mode. That's why. Like, these are risky moves. These are called Hail Marys if you're a football fan. You don't start the game by doing a Hail Mary and chucking the ball as far as you can down the field with a prayer. You're strategic until you get desperate. And this is the now the desperation point. New Donald Trump survey proves that Trump has grabbed a six-point lead on Joe Biden in uh, 2024 election, has moved towards a potential rematch after both men prevailed in the New Hampshire primaries. Although very, very fishy how Joe Biden won his write-in campaign. <laughs> Trump leads Biden 40 to 34 percentage points in the new Reuters-Ipsos poll. Wow, Reuters-Ipsos. This is not a positive poll for Republicans. Very, very bad. Now look at this, something that I think is incredibly, incredibly based. Can we do our base bomb? We do our base bomb. We're going to do a base bomb because I'm going to show you something we've never shown you before on the show. This is, you're going to, your heart will shall sing, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the polling, Real Clear Politics polling averages. Now, this is, of course, our friends at Real Clear Politics, they simply put the polls together, all right? They show you what the polling is showing. Up top here, Rolls-Royce, we have never seen Donald Trump win every poll. The red the red numbers on the side is how much Donald Trump is leading. Can we zoom in there? We have never seen every single number red. We've never seen Donald Trump's spread cumulatively. This is, of course, the average, averaging in some of these psychotic polls that are insanely wrong. These are the kind of polls that had like, Joe Biden's up by 20 in Wisconsin. All these polls are historically and egregiously slanted towards libs. And look at the numbers. Donald Trump up seven, six, eight. 
with an average spread of nearly four points on Biden? Do you even understand what this means? <laughs> Scrolling down, let's go ahead and look at what's happening to these two guys. Holy guacamole! And that is not an endorsement of Joe Biden's uh, open border. A man can just love guacamole. Look at that. Joe Biden is in collapse. And we're not just talking about the Air Force stairs, Air Force One stairs. ALX has a very interesting little graphic here. Can we pop that up? Show you the difference between now and the year 2020. Apparently, we can click on this and get this graphic, but nonetheless, great ALX sent it. Check this out. Yo, this was Joe Biden in 2020. Donald Trump, as we say often, is polling outside of the margin of fraud. And that is why they have to go with Big Fanny and Loverboy. And they have to ride that one till the cows come home, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Gosh, we have too much fun on the show. Oh, Joe Biden's going to put us in Gitmo. This is why, ladies and gentlemen, why is Joe Biden performing so poorly? Well, there are so many reasons, but I'll count. I'll give you one as a Native American. Oh, this is going to get me in trouble. I say Native American because I was born here and my grandparents were born here and my great grandparents were born here. That means I'm native to this place. OK, and my kids were born here and I want America to continue as a nation. And to do that, we're probably going to have to have leaders that speak our language. You know, the language that's printed on our currency and on all of our government building, English. Joe Biden blasted for his best gibberish yet in Wisconsin, different language. Joe Biden was speaking. Please see if you can uh, interpret this. Uh, any linguists out there? What exactly is Joe Biden speaking? Go. Well, by the way, used to make beer brewed here. <laughs> it is used to make the brew beer. in this Oh, Earth Rider. We put this translation up on screen, Royce. I just sent Royce something, so give him a second to put it up on screen. I'll read it, though, while we're getting it up. Biden translated, in beer brew here, uh, 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 make beer brew here, Isha, we're feeling, or uh, Earth Rider, thanks the Great Lakes. That's a word-for-word -word translation of what Joe Biden just said there. So Joe Biden can't speak English. Joe Biden clearly has a broken brain. And maybe that's why Joe Biden puts on hard hats incorrectly. Old working class Joe Biden, lunch pail Joe, the Scranton scrapper, doesn't know how to wear a hard hat. Here's a photo of him yesterday. Uh, act, act, actually looking, got to be careful here. Uh, we always thought that Joe Biden probably deserves to wear a helmet. We just didn't know how right we were. You know, you know, you know? Yeah. Okay. Great. I mean, dear heavens. Can you click can you click over one photo there, uh, Rolls Royce? Oh yeah, baby. America, you have two choices. Okay? You have two choices. Uh let me know in the comment section. Are you gonna go with uh number one, meaning America first? You're gonna go with number two here. Um I you know, I don't even if number one is America first, then this is you should be not English. Not English. So here we are. Uh, we have breaking news from one second ago. 
Uh, and then we're going to get to our excellent guest who just wrote an incredible book that I'm very excited about called Amateur Hour. Uh, we have to get to this breaking news, though, because it's just happened. And it's why we were uh, a minute late to the show today, because we wanted to get this up. Donald Trump has stormed out of his trial, another trial in New York, one that we've been covering a little bit less, even though it is arguably as insane as the Big Fanny trial. Jean E. Carroll, uh, after judge threatens to lock up his lawyer, told her to sit down. The great Alina Haba, friend of the show. You know Haba. Chaos erupts in court during closing arguments. Ooh, baby, it's getting hot. The Big Apple, making apple pies. Alina Haba threatened to be put in jail by the judge. Watch this. President Donald Trump has just walked out of a courtroom as E. Jean Carroll's lawyer was making closing arguments in the defamation trial. We're working to get a little bit more detail on mm. this. Apparently, the judge told the courtroom no one in the courtroom is to say anything. And there were apparently some counsel objections from which side? I assume it was Trump's side. Uh, no interruptions, no audible comments is the quote from the judge. So and then the plaintiff and the defense were talking about certain tweets uh, not in evidence, possibly to share with the jury. The judge ruled that they are not going to use a certain slide that shows the tweets. And then Trump's attorney, Alina Haba, tried stating that something, quote, just need to state something for the record. The judge interrupted and said, quote, you are on the verge of spending some time in the lockout. Wow. Ooh, end quote. So that happened a moment ago, and I'm assuming we will see the caravan uh, pull up to Trump Tower in Midtown Manhattan. Courtroom's way downtown. Uh, traffic in Manhattan's a mess. Uh, so it takes a while for it to go. For 2024 is going to be wild. Got to keep your head on a swivel. The truth shall set you free. And the truth is now coming out about the Biden regime. The truth being written by a dear friend of us, somebody who I've known for quite a while, Charlie Spearing. It's awesome. The uh, former Breitbart White House reporter is out with a brand new book called Amateur Hour, where he details the life and times of Kamala, 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 not even she knows how to say it. She said it like 50 different times in his brand new book, Amateur Hour, Kamala Harris in the White House. <laughs> Sounds like it could be a great uh, comedy screenplay. The great Charlie Spearing joins us now. Charlie, congratulations on the book. We have a regular segment on the show called the uh, Kamala Cringe Alert, where we have this massive cringe uh, siren goes off and we play some type of cringe from the Biden White House. Sometimes it's Kamala. Sometimes I would expect not. nothing less on your show. Uh, <laughs> maybe we'll do one during our interview, but hey. Yeah, never listen, know. <laughs> you've been making massive headlines for this. You did some wild uh, reporting yeah. here, in-depth reporting, and you found out that uh, Joe Biden really doesn't like Kamala Harris. Is that correct? That's correct, Benny. Joe Biden is just really struggling to really get along with Kamala. He always wanted a kind of a buddy vice president. He always wanted somebody who could be a true partner. But the first three years of Kamala have sort of demonstrated that she's just not up to the job. She's multiple, multiple failures, some thin-skinned grievances. She's sort of toxic behind the scenes, not very helpful, wiggles out of tough assignments. Kamala is for Kamala. So she's just really sort of trying to protect her political brand while still being sort of waiting Joe out at back in the White House. Now, apparently the long knives are out from Jill as well. And Jill, clearly the um, 
the muscle behind this operation as Joe Biden can barely get up the stairs. Right. A and Jill, That's right. So <laughs> Jill Biden, between changing bedpans, Jill Biden is apparently trying to do a changing of the guard in the VP position. She doesn't like Kamala. Uh, it's pretty toxic, no? Well, back in 2020, when Joe Biden p eventually picked Kamala, that was not his first choice. He he favored Gretchen Whitmer in, in Michigan and would, felt that she would be better for the campaign. She was a woman who liked fixing roads. So Joe Biden really liked that, right? <laughs> yeah, anyway, yeah. Yeah. So then and the roads haven't been fixed. So right. talk to anyone yeah. in Michigan. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, yeah, his senior advisors, Obama himself, were like, sorry, Joe, you need a woman of color on the ticket because you look like a real idiot when you're out there talking about is racial issues. And this was during the summer of the George Floyd, Floyd riots. Mm -hmm. So that's why he ended up picking her. But he can't replace her at this point without angering the base he was trying to please in 2020. So basically, they're sort of Kamala is Kamala. Here we go. And they're just praying that Joe Biden makes it to Election Day. So it's like the Pope criticizing someone for being too Catholic, Joe Biden criticizing Kamala for being incapable of speaking. But that is apparently something that happens. Like they're embarrassed at Kamala's performance. Is that correct? Is that what you've found in your research for this book? That's right. There were so many word salads during the first three years, so many obviously flubbed interviews, even though she had done media training, that famous clip with Lester Holt, her staff actually prepped her how to answer, why haven't you been to the border? So the fact that she wasn't even prepared for that was shocking. Uh, she was very angry about being labeled the border czar by the Republicans, did everything she could to remind people, I am only focused on the root causes. I have nothing to do with the border. That's why she's just totally gone AWOL on the entire issue. The Biden team was just horrified at her performance and really don't want her to focus on that. That's why they put her in charge of abortion now. That's her safe space. So mm. that's why she's sort of kept in her nice little safe sandboxes where she can talk about issues that she's comfortable with. Good. Oh, yeah. From child trafficking to uh child genocide is that's right. just just a really easy pivot <laughs> there fantastic let's all worship mulak together so uh, uh you know speaking of somebody who you're you're obviously talking about the biden white house and how they're horrified at her performance but could you really like uh blame them for uh being so dense kamala harris is on stage we have the clip we play it pretty often kamala harris is on stage uh, a couple months before the general election in 2020, looks straight down the barrel at Joe Biden and goes, you're the kind of Jim Crow racist that kept little brown girls like me from going to school. She, say, she straight up says it to his face. And Joe Biden goes, right? And looks over at her. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so then you hire someone like that. You hire someone that toxic into your administration. The person that says, you kept me from going to school because of my skin color. It's like what Kamala Harris like literally says to Joe. What do you expect? I guess is my question. You're the guy who's done the research. Like, this seems yeah. like a match made in hell. <laughs> the Biden family was not happy with the idea. Jill was not happy with the idea. She preferred Susan Rice of you know ben the Benghazi infamy over Kamala Harris, and because it was a very personal attack. Kamala Harris was a friend of his son Bo Biden. Kamala Harris went to Bo Biden's funeral with the family. And for her to stab Joe in the back like this, and then for him to turn around and pick her as the vice presidential candidate, it was deeply shocking to, to friends of the family. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the clip, which is, 
you know, playing beside us, she's like, you opposed busing and you opposed me going to school. I mean, she straight up says you're the old timey, dusty racist, Jim Crow racist that holds hands with KKK Grand Wizards, which he did, and that opposed uh, girls with my skin color going to school. Now, leaving aside the actual argument itself, which has a lot more nuance, this does seem to be something that is utterly uh, disqualifying for the vice presidency position. But what does this say about Joe Biden that Kamala was then forced into that position as a diversity hire? Yeah, that's the problem. Joe Biden's not actually in charge. It's it's his senior yes. advisors that do most of the work. Senior advisors had to make the case. He's also sort of beholden to Jim Clyburn, the, the politician that endorsed him in South Carolina that finally revived that flailing campaign and brought him home a big victory in South Carolina. Jim Clyburn also wanted him to pick Kamala Harris. Al Sharpton actually didn't like Kamala Harris right in the beginning. He actually wanted uh, Stacey Abrams, but he was kind of forced to hold his tongue and go along with the ultimate pick. And of course, the greatest of all, Barack Obama, he was the one that helped Joe walk through the process and reassure him, hey, Hey, Joe, it's just politics. It's going to be OK. You can do this. And that's even though Obama left the ultimate decision to Joe, Joe ultimately, you know, they helped him along a little bit. It's kind of how the presidency works at this point. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Help. Helped him along like a like a <laughs> rascal, at like a rascal at Walmart. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> Joe Biden uh, rolling through. Getting ready for activity hour at the senior center. This is Plenty. your decision. Good decision, we, Joe. Good job. <laughs> you you got extra cinnamon on your applesauce today. Yay. Uh, uh, so you're handicapping here about what happens next. Donald Trump's out here saying Joe's not going to make it to the election. Uh, some people are out here saying they're going to do the switcheroo with Kamala. Some people saying Michelle Obama. You've done the actual research. What say you? Democrats right now are just praying that Joe Biden crosses the finish line to Election Day. Mm -hmm. The last thing they want is for him to have to step down and then force uh, it'll force absolute chaos in the Democrat Party. Mm -hmm. Kamala will step up to take his place. There will be thousands of Democrat donors, wealthy donors with money flowing out of their pockets that are going to say, no way, this is not going to happen. Bring us anybody else. Let's get Pete Buttigieg up here. Let's get Elizabeth Warren, even AOC. Let's get AOC on stage. Um, but how do you get rid of your first historic first black vice president, black woman vice president, how you kick her out and replace her with any somebody of any other caliber? The only person who could do that would be maybe Michelle Obama. So there's a reason why Democrats kind of want her to be open to the idea in case Joe Biden can't even make it to election day. I will say, Charlie, that I would, ar I would contend and argue with you here that you could replace Kamala Harris with Elizabeth Warren. And here's why, because on the diversity oh, intersectionality, uh, Kamala Harris has, I, I believe her mother is, is Indian, like from right. India and Elizabeth Warren is an Indian. <laughs> and so you could on the on the hierarchy of intersectionality, you could potentially say same, same, you know, and we, we you know, who knows? Who knows? I don't make the rules. It's Elizabeth Warren. Right. She said she has high cheekbones and believe all women. So I think Obama needs to hear that. That would be he would be very <laughs> interested in that theory. <laughs> How do these people get away with it? OK, so final so final uh, question. You did so much research for this book. Uh, what is the cringiest thing that you have that that is in this book uh, uh, about Kamala Harris? 
Kamala oh, Green. Benny, just going back and looking at her career at her presidential campaign, it was just so bad. And I was more focused on on other Democrat candidates in, in the 2020 primary. But taking a look in depth of her presidential campaign, it was a disaster. There were so many word salads, so many cringy moments. She There's a reason why she fell flat in Iowa and couldn't even get to the date of the Iowa caucus. She ended her campaign wasting $40 million before Oof. voters even had a chance to deliver their verdict. That's Jeez. kind of the scary thing. You look at Kamala Harris, if, if Joe Biden gets reelected, Kamala Harris could be the next president in just a few weeks after he's elected, just a few months, and she will have never faced a presidential election of her own. That's why I wrote the book. That's I want everybody to know all about Kamala Harris, be able to talk about her in a way that that isn't just the words that goes a little deeper than the word salad. So you know how to talk to friends and family about why she's how she got here and why she's so bad. And why, if you vote for Joe Biden, you hear politicians saying Republicans saying this all the time. If you're voting for Joe Biden, you're voting for Kamala Harris, President Kamala Harris, the, the next president of the United States. So uh, it's a little terrifying. It's a little scary, but it's also hilarious. So please pick up the book. I, I had a great time writing it. It's so great to after a year of research and writing to hang out and talk about it. And thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Charlie. You're welcome to stay around for the Kamala Harris cringe alert. We do have Kamala Harris's favorite cringes all lined up. And this one's for you, Charlie. Everyone go out and get oh, amateur hour. <laughs> Everyone go out and get amateur hour. It's amazing. And it is quite telling. And it's time for us to actually do some work uh, on who Kamala Harris is, because none of us really know. Remember, Montel, Montel Williams had to introduce her to all of us. Look, <laughs> this is Kamala. <laughs> yeah. Such an embarrassing. Look, it's Kamala. <laughs> Montel Williams. And he's got like four side chicks and Kamala's just one of them. Oh, yeah. man. Uh, OK. All right. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. The Let's cringe. The cringe alert, Kamala, nuclear, this is the nuclear cringe. This one's very, very important. Oh my gosh, it has to be the best. We we preserve this, we preserve this um, uh, uh, only for the most nuclear cringe moments of Kamala. Here we go. <laughs> well, the press is here. <laughs> I got some words. I got the vocabulary. And my pronunciation is perfect. <laughs> Don't hear no. I eat no for breakfast. Don't hear no. <laughs> Always believe in what can be unburdened by what has been. Oh, I love Venn diagrams. <laughs> I love Venn diagrams. I'm telling you, whenever I'm facing like a conflict and I need to sort it out, give me a Venn diagram every day of the week, right? I will tell you, I love this Gen Z generation. I, they are so spectacular. First of all, let me say, Joe, it's so good to see you. I haven't seen you since you were at my house a couple weeks ago for our hip hop party. <laughs> this is getting weird. <laughs> Anthony, huge fan, mad respect for you. And Alexander, I can't wait to see you at the White House one day very soon. <laughs> wow, that's great. Those I saw some clips I have not seen before in that montage. So good work. It's really it's actually really hard to condense them, but we do our best. We are humble servants of the Internet, and we are thankful that you've written this book, Charlie. Godspeed, sir. 
Thank you for having me on, Benny. Great show. Keep going and keep that smile on your face. Happy can't defeat a happy warrior, right? Can't <laughs> defeat an army of happy warriors. The Absolutely. salty army marches on. Thank you for adding some salt to our cup. Anytime, Benny. See you, Charlie. Ladies and gentlemen, Charlie had to go, but we do have one more small cringe for you. It's a clip that my producer, ALX, the great ALX, provided for us. Kamala, look at my bus. This is our just regular, not a nuclear cringe, just regular cringe alert. That's what I do every morning. I go downstairs like, look at my coffee. Oh my God, I love it. I got my coffee. God, got the salty army on it. Oh, it's so salty. What is wrong with these people? We are led by such morons. And maybe there will be some accountability. Breaking seconds ago. Check this out. Committee to investigate Fannie Willis, the Georgia district attorney in Trump case, approved by the Georgia State Senate. During debate on the matter, Democrats slammed Republicans for focusing on bedroom politics. <laughs> the only person getting slammed is Fanny, if you know what I mean. So, ladies and gentlemen, Big Fanny uh, may, be having hard, may be having another hard time very soon. So this is breaking news. The GOP-controlled Georgia State Senate on Friday approved creation of a committee to investigate Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis by a 30 to 19 vote, citing affair allegations and her spending on special prosecutor Loverboy. Oh, man. So special, ladies and gentlemen. So special. Gotta stay sharp. Gotta stay quick. On this show, we are sharp, we're quick, we're always hitting the news as it's happening. We want to make sure that we stay healthy. That is why we subscribe to the Wellness Company. In a world of quickly descending chaos, the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Remember, disease X that they talk about at Davos? Oh, get ready. They're so excited for it. Could be a tick bite. Could be COVID, could be something manufactured in a lab. Whatever it is, the Wellness Company's got your back with z -Pack. And other life-saving medications, emergency antibiotics, all the things that they'll tell you not to take. Well, ladies and gentlemen, they'll give you instructions on how to take them, all written by Dr. Peter McCullough, who is an awesome doctor, and a bunch of other doctors that you can certainly trust to order. Go to twc.health slash Benny. That's twchealth slash Benny. twc.health slash Benny. Enter the code Benny for 10% off. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are very, very excited to tell you that Texas now has 25 states joining in their defense of the border. We are winning on this issue, and it is going to be a big one for us. This is a perfect opportunity to expose this criminal entity that runs our government, that wants to allow for a full-scale invasion of our nation. It is so important that we create a environment where we can prove to the American people, all people, that the criminal cartel in charge of our nation hates you and wishes to dilute your political power. Here's how the math works. Real quick, and it's very important to lock it in. There are, based on the professional estimates, there are 30 million criminal illegal aliens in this country. Based on all available data, uh, first-generation aliens uh, that enter America vote Democrat 
because of goodies, right? Because they have fealty to the Democrat Party based on the welfare state and getting the, getting their start here. And they need to vote for the people that are going to engorge the welfare state and allow for them to get a leg up, right? Okay. Didn't exist when th- that welfare state did not exist in its current capacity. Now it's like out of control. And it is a major draw, right? You can't have open borders and a welfare state. This has been proven time and time. This used to be common sense to all of us, been proven time and time again. But here we are. What else do Democrats know? Democrats know that 90% of those first-time voters are going to vote for Democrats. So you add 30 million new Democrats to the voter rolls and that the widest margin of Republican electoral victory was 17 million votes in 1984 with Reagan versus Mondale. So effectively, with 30 million new Democrats and mail-in balloting and so on, you can just simply go through these communities. They've, they've actually proven this in Los Angeles, California, which used to be a red state. And then Ronald Reagan was badgered by his liberal wife into doing amnesty and then flipped his red state. Ronald Reagan, it's, it's such a betrayal, actually. It's really something that we need to revisit when it comes to the legacy of these people. Such a betrayal. Ronald Reagan was able to be pressured in his old age by his liberal wife into doing amnesty in California and forever flipping that state blue. A red California is the only reason that Ronald Reagan had a political career. But there's how weak we are as a party and how stupid we are, actually. And then they've been doing this all around the country. Look at what's happened to Minneapolis. You bring in an entirely new population. They balkanize and then they vote as a block. In fact, some of the biggest election fraud cases are out of communities just like this. We cover election fraud on this program all the time. These communities can be manipulated and they can be taken advantage of by political machines and systems that the Democrat Party has. And that's why they're thrilled. That's why it is the number one goal, the number one policy of the Democrat Party is to grant full citizenship and voting rights to the 30 million criminal aliens that live in our nation right now to give them a permanent Democrat majority. You're talking about Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden and Chuck Schumer being in charge forever. That's what this is all about. So when you see Republicans trying to make deals with Democrats on this uh, garbage, say no. When you see the open border, understand that's what this is about. Stand up and be proud, ladies and gentlemen, that at the very least, uh, Republicans are doing something about it, maybe for the first time ever. The states of Alabama, Alaska, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, Nevada, New Hampshire, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Utah, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming have all now sided with Texas in varying degrees. These are the free states, and the rest of them are open border states and should hold a shroud of shame upon them. It's very important, by the way, to note exactly how far Democrats have gone on this issue, how they have fallen off an effing cliff on this issue. Here's Barack Obama from less than 20 years ago, 2005. Barack Obama, just two decades ago, guy who's very, very much in the camp of open borders right now. This is what he was saying. Watch. We all agree on the need to better secure the border and to punish employers who choose to hire illegal immigrants. Uh, you know, we are a generous and welcoming people here in the United States, but those who enter the country illegally and those who employ them disrespect the rule of law, uh, and they are showing disregard for those who are following the law. 
We simply cannot allow people to pour into the United States undetected, undocumented, unchecked, and circumventing the line of people who are waiting patiently, diligently, and lawfully uh, to become immigrants in this country. This like this clip has gone insanely viral on our ex account. And in just a few short years, Democrats went from that. Like we can't have an unrelenting flow of criminal migrants into our country. We'll become a third world hellhole. Barack Obama saying they've gone from that to this. Fox, an unrelenting stream of immigration, nonstop, nonstop. Folks like me who were Caucasian of European descent for the first time in 2017 will be in an absolute minority in the United States of America. Absolute minority. Fewer than 50 percent of the people in America from then and on will be white European stock. That's not a bad thing. That's a that's a source of our strength. Not a bad thing that we're going to dilute the voting power or the population of the people who were natively born here. Joe Biden says it. It's not a conspiracy theory if they're on camera saying it. And so, ladies and gentlemen, it's good that people have been have woken up. Maybe the leadership of Texas needed to wake up a long time ago, but now they've woken up. Their, their response to uh, this Supreme Court ruling is more razor wire and more deportations. The leadership of Texas finally acting like Texans. Watch. So what is the path moving forward? I've seen some very strong statements out of the Texas state legislature and the governor uh, whose administration you serve. Uh, what is the path forward here? More razor wire I'm seeing. Absolutely. More razor wire. We're going to start deporting people. I think in March when that goes effective, we have legislation passed and it, it goes into effect, I think, in March. And once they start deporting people, I'm sure the Biden administration will love that. Uh, we are also still protecting Shelby Parks. We're not letting uh the Border Patrol in there to process people. They can come in if they need to do some some emergency process, but we're not letting them in there just to let more people in. So you're right. It cannot be true that just because the federal government not just ignores their federal laws, but actually aids and abets the cartels in getting people here. Because remember, these people are coming to our country. They're being brought by the cartels. They're not hiding anymore. They're not trying to run from Border Patrol. I don't think people realize that. They're actually just being brought to us and the Biden administration is helping get as many people here for the very reason that you talked about with the election as possible in as fast. It was the states that created the United States. And when the states voted to uh, create the United States and have a constitution uh, included in that agreement was the compact that the federal government would take care of the states. And Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution speaks to that and, and says that uh, if the federal government does not take care of the states and the states are in danger, well, we can ask the federal government to live up to its obligation. Then the authors of the Constitution knew there would be times when the federal government would not live up to its duty. And so they empowered states in Article 1, Section 10, the right of self-defense. And what Texas is asserting is our Article 1, Section 10 right of self-defense mm. because the President of the United States is not fulfilling his duty to enforce the laws passed by Congress that deny illegal entry into the United States. So are we facing a constitutional crisis? That's the question that we have to answer. What's going to happen next? What's happening right now is the Supreme Court said 
and a very intro, like very fascinating ruling. And the more that we actually look into the nuance of it, the more interesting it gets that the Biden regime can cut Texas's border wire, but that Texas isn't been ordered to do anything that Texas can put up as much of it as they want. Texas could put up insurmountable amounts of razor wire forever. And the federal government is going to have like have to start figuring out what to do with it all. Right. So I don't like the Supreme Court ruling, but actually doesn't order Texas to do anything, which is interesting. It says the federal government can go in and cut that wire. And this is just an injunctive ruling. This actually isn't ruling anything on the merits. There's still so much of this case that needs to be heard. And it may actually flip. And it happens all the time inside of the Supreme Court. And that's why public pressure is very, very important here. So what does that mean? That means that the state National Guard, the Texas National Guard, effectively the, 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 the lineage of the people who fought at the Alamo, that those people are the ones defending Texas. And now the entire nation is galvanizing around Texas, and that's very much a good thing, and we are popularizing what is happening there. There's a great number of eyeballs and a great number of cameras trained right at that border because people have a feeling that something bad is going to happen, that Joe Biden is going to become the fascistic tyrant that he actually is, and he's going to federalize, potentially, the National Guard. So Joe Biden is going to then send American troops to go attack Americans, usurping the power of the states, which is, by the way, exactly what spiraled us into a little something in the 1860s called the Civil War. So what's going to happen next? We'll see. Cringe Jean-Pierre, however, saying, oh, yeah, that's not off the table. <sighs> I mean, on one level, I'm like, do it. Like, you want to get 90% of the country on our side? Do it. Federalize. Do it. Try it. Try it. Make my day, right? Cringe Jean-Pierre, well, being cringe, watch. Homeland Security Department has asked for access to this park that is now currently in dispute. It doesn't seem like they've gotten it. Uh, they now are allowed to cut down razor wire. Yeah. Some Democrats are saying the president needs to federalize uh, the Texas National Guard. So look, something that could happen. I mean, look, I'll say this, uh, you know, the Border Patrol agents are now, as you said, allowed to cut through the wire because of what the Supreme Court has laid out. It's it's unfortunate that we had to go there. It's unfortunate that there is a governor in Texas, Governor Abbott, who has politicized this issue of what's happening on the border. And it's not making people's lives safer. It's actually making it harder for law enforcement at the, at the border to do their job. And so we've been very clear. We want to make sure we get something done at the border. That's why we've been having these conversations with Senate Republicans and Democrats for the past several weeks to come up with a bipartisan agreement right. to deal with the border. And look, if that the governor is not interested in that, Governor Abbott is not interested in that. He wants to politicize an issue and he's not helping communities. He actually isn't. And he's actually putting Border Patrol agents in harm's way by doing what he's doing. I'm not going to speak to any actions that the president might take, may not take, but we've been very clear on this. Economy. Um yeah. It's great to have people uh, like one of the blessings of what we do every single day is that we have the capacity to speak English in a way that actually it follows some type of intelligence or, uh, I, you know, room temperature IQ. I don't consider myself a particularly smart man, but cringe Jean Pierre gives us so much hope, right? Because she just 
doesn't speak, much like her boss, she just doesn't speak English. Like, there are so many logical fallacies in everything she says, and it's so humiliating watching her attempt to, like, blindly fumble through this, this job. It's encouraging, actually, um, that they're so incompetent. And this is what they have to put up against us? It's awesome. It's amazing. <laughs> We're going to win, like, over time. We're going to win, right? They may have the upper hand now, but, we'll, like, we'll win. Cringe Jean-Pierre saying, it's unfortunate that the governor of Texas is trying to politicize this moment. Reverse it, right? Go back to Boston in uh, 1775. It's unfortunate that the Tea Party is trying to politicize the British invasion of Boston. Really unfortunate. Like, look at like what Cringe is defending here. And more importantly, know that the people are not on their side here. She didn't want to be on, she didn't want to be on CNN doing this. They're doing this out of panic, not out of strength. They're doing this out of fear. This, all of these tactics are like, Terror tactics. They're terror. They're they're terrified. Federalizing the National Guard. Truly unbelievable. And people are saying that it's like federalizing the National Guard for the last time this happened, if I'm correct, is during the integration of schools, segregated schools in like the Deep South. JFK did this. Eisenhower, JFK. And the difference is, of course, the federalization of the National Guard in the Deep South during segregation was in order to protect the rights of Americans who live in this country. Uh, Joe Biden would be federalizing the National Guard to protect criminal aliens who are not Americans and to facilitate the invasion of this country. That's how far we've sunk. And that's what we have to fight against. And it's good to know your enemy. It's good to know thy enemy. And it's good to know like what we're what we're up against. It's not, not, nothing to be worried about or scared of, right? The last thing you want to be do is like be down in the mouth. You have to be a happy and joyful warrior. And we thank you for helping us remain happy and joyful warriors. One, we have a ball doing shows like this. We have illegal amounts of fun on this program. And then two, we thank you for joining the Benny Brigade. The Benny Brigade fills our cup, ladies and gentlemen. This is the official Benny Brigade mug, the official Salty Army logo with a salt tank there, blasting salt in the faces of our enemies. Uh, the Benny Brigade helps keep us independent. We love being independent as a program. It allows us to do this program for as long as we want to, many times a day as we want to, um, to do long lives like we've done this week. We've done like two four-hour lives this week, right, in the evening to cover the election results. We, like, we can call the shots, and we can do the stories that we want. And there's no corporation to hold us down. There's nobody above us up top being like, can't say that, can't cover that. Too many big fanny puns. No. If you join the Benny Brigade today, you'll help keep us free, ladies and gentlemen. Go to BennyJohnson.com slash brigade, BennyJohnson.com slash brigade to join today uh, and to keep supporting independent journalism. And we thank you. You can also check out our brand new merch store with some super dope items like uh, dingling. Right here. All these products are made in the United States of America by small businesses owned by patriots, many of them veterans. We do this exclusively through them and our partners at Public Square, and it's so awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, we will kick you off into the weekend with the best blessing we can possibly give you directly out 
of the good book. From Psalms 144. Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. He is steadfast in love, my fortress, my stronghold, my deliverer, my shield, and he in whom I take refuge, who subdues peoples under me. A reminder that it is the Lord who subdues, that vengeance is the Lord's, that judgment is the Lord's. That is the call for us to be simple Christians, to put our heads down, and to continue to march forward, to make sure that we keep our eyes trained on him who steadies our hands for war and our fingers for battle. His steadfast love is our fortress. Ladies and gentlemen, I am fighting. You are fighting. This show is fighting right alongside you. It's your boy, Benny, and this is The Benny Show. Have a great weekend. See ya.